Vision Quest. You're going to want to stick around to the end of this one because it just keeps getting better as we go deeper. Let's get it. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Vision Quest Sound Podcast. I'm your host, Philip. On this show, we love to talk about music and culture with artists and creators who are making positive waves in our community. In this episode, our special guest, he's an LA-based TV host and on-camera talent who's appeared on a number of networks, as well as writing and doing voiceover. He's also a featured creator here at Vision Quest Sound. Please welcome Danny Lee. All right, thank you, Philip. And talk about a hard left turn, everybody. Boy, based on my last podcast about a different time and place, it seems, talking about the quarantine last time, this time making a hard left turn. If you know anything about the content I have put out there, including that last podcast, you'll know that usually any space that follows my name, whether it's here, whether it's other avenues, media. Usually it's devoted to some random minutia or some kind of repartee for which I've become known for better or worse. But this time this space will be devoted to my disbelief at the time and place in which we all live. And a few months ago, I would have told anyone who would have listened that you talk about pandemics and quarantines. You probably evoke these images of Middle Ages Europe let alone the Spanish flu a hundred years ago that we were talking about. To speak to how unfortunate the news cycle is these days, though, we've moved from one seemingly anachronistic scourge to one that, despite all odds, seems even more out of date and no less insidious. We're talking about inequality among humanity. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. You know, I grew up in front of the television with the world unfolding. Seemingly old-world sentimentality of physical and spiritual barriers between nations and people at home and abroad being toppled during the 1980s and 1990s across Europe, wall going down, Soviet Union collapsing, various revolutions going on in Latin America, in addition to some political strife in Asia. And when you turned on the news... You had certainly a window into how the world was changing, but you also could see about topics of disenchantment and inequality that were bubbling over the street into the streets not far from where I lived. I grew up in Los Angeles, and you know, just because of the proliferation of the internet and everything, and yeah, changing social events kind of thrust Los Angeles further to the left than it was even back then. But L.A. was seemingly the beacon for a lot of world news throughout my nascent existence. From the war on drugs, a spotlight thrust on police brutality, Chief Daryl Gates, uh, inequality, division of wealth, even natural disasters brought out the topic. Even before the advent of social media, the proliferation of the Internet and the 24-hour news cycle, these were teachable moments. 
My generation watched this unfold through the lens of history as we were learning in our grade school classes. We learned about the civil rights movements, the protests of the 1960s and 70s against an increasingly centralized government that at times fell on deaf ears to the sensibilities of its populace and the disproportionate incarceration of minorities, specifically people of color happening at that very time, seemed like it was to be confined to the history books. But if you buried your head in the sand, you kind of blocked out the fact that a lot of the issues that were taking place during the eras that we were learning, that being the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, even earlier, I was still going on. I mean, growing up in California and Los Angeles in a middle-class neighborhood, certainly I was shielded from those kinds of realities. And I will tell you that in addition to that, there were so many more things. You know, I've been fortunate to be able to travel the world to appreciate how much freedoms were afforded here versus elsewhere. But still, that fact comes with the sobering reality that we're far from perfect. Counterculture and protest generations of a half century ago showed the power that civics and grassroots actions can have on our democratic infrastructure. The baton was passed to my generation, but I'm here to say that, unfortunately, we more or less didn't embrace it to its fullest extent. When you look at the numbers compiled from Pew Research... Looking at the 2016 election, the power of an action in this country is starkly apparent. I can go on and on about how other countries around the world have a specific day devoted to the election in that people don't have to go to work, whether it's a day during the week in which everything else is closed or it's a weekend day. That doesn't exist in this country, happening on a Tuesday, the first Tuesday of November, and that has a big effect on the fact that more than four in ten people didn't vote in the last presidential election. If you take it to enter your political elections, congressional elections, referendums, the things that, you know, those grassroots movements take place in those years in which you put people in at lower offices and they start the change from the bottom up, the numbers are even worse. Voting, I still believe and I've always believed that Voting is one of the more powerful instruments given to us in a democratic society. And that's one thing that I do appreciate, having lived here my entire life versus having traveled overseas. But the question that keeps coming back to me is, what happened to my and the subsequent generations to create such disconnect? We have at our disposal unprecedented tools of communication to get the message out, to voice our displeasure at the status quo. But have we taken this for granted? Or civics... Is that out the window? Does it simply stop at hashtags and memes? When I saw what unfolded in Minneapolis, along with Brunswick, Georgia, Louisville, Kentucky, along with so many other places, which sadly have joined the fraternity of locales bearing witness to acts of racial injustice, I thought the same thing you did. Are we living in 2020? 1920? 1820? You know, I was in Minneapolis for a job back in February what, it was three months before this happened, first time there, struck me as a folksy kind of Midwest town, just a surprise to see three months later what has happened happened. It's perhaps the realities of us focusing our attention where maybe it's that thing of hear no evil, speak no evil, see no evil. Uh, We become oblivious to it. If you had told me three months ago that that would have happened 
in Minneapolis at that very time, I would be like, it seems pretty good here. But then again, exactly, you, you get shielded to it. We live in our own bubbles and our own realities. But I, I just don't know how we've come so far yet fallen so short. You know, there are acts of kindness out there and just too many numerous changes to recount in a space normally devoted to my silliness and trite humor. But when you watch the heinous ones unfold, when you watch the ones that take place under the headlines, one's left to wonder how eight minutes and 46 seconds that we all saw still happens in the world today. I grew up in a modest, mostly white L.A. suburb. I can't even begin to understand the struggle of others who live under the constant threat of mistreatment daily based on something beyond their control. I'm only going to say here that I lament that we still have to remind the world about the dangers of inequality. I mean, you'd think this would be obvious to everyone. Sadly, though, as we've learned, it's not. The very bedrock of the principles on which this nation was built is imbued in the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Truths to be self-evident. Well, I don't know about you, but it doesn't seem to be self-evident based on what I saw. They're not theories or hypotheses. They're truths. Incontrovertible truths. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness should be afforded every person, notwithstanding any background, race, creed, or gender. I don't even know how this can even be debatable. Yet, we're still having to remind people, because of the heinous acts committed in the aforementioned cities, plus so many more that did not make it onto the list that I had mentioned. I hoped our generation, including me, I'm a millennial, I have to admit that. I was born at some point during that millennial dumb that's been traced out by anthropologists. Maybe the generation that followed, I was hoping, that combined with ours, we would embrace the power that a medium that could disseminate a message instantly could rot on people. Sadly, though, 2020 has served as a reminder that we've all fallen woefully short. I'm personally disappointed by our inaction up to this point, but am emboldened that people across the planet now are shining a light on something that simply won't go away by a prosecution or four. It's only going to take the collective, the will of everyone, regardless of background, to change it. It's going to demand more than a flood. It's going to take a sea change. If you listen to my last podcast, you'll know that I was talking a little bit about having an 11-month-old and... She never ceases to pan my attempts at humor when I'm on daddy daycare. Much like the rest of the world. But I wonder while listening to this, what I can do. I wonder while watching all of this, what I can do. I wonder while reading everything going on, I can do to affect the change I hoped that could be brought about, that would be brought about from the lessons that we learned in the past. I look at her and I understand that I can instill those principles we've all learned, we all can, and continue to learn from those who have suffered at the hands of injustice to treat each other fairly and with the idea we all deserve the same rights and protections, that we're all in this together. Remember we were saying that during the coronavirus, during the quarantine and isolation? Why do we have to be reminded yet again during another crisis? I think that living in a society, we can all be our best selves by lifting each other up, raising our voices, and not standing by in silence and inactivity, while the iniquities of racism and discrimination continue on. I look to my daughter and her generation and the ones beyond to provide the leaders of tomorrow to carry on the torch To make sure it stays lit, though we have fumbled the baton, though we have allowed the flame to not burn as brightly, there have been some changes and changes are continuing today, but it needs to be more. There needs to be more action. 
We need to make sure that flame, that proverbial flame, stays lit in the unison of displeasure at the current social order currently being voiced. And as the third generation of a family who survived the horror of the Holocaust, yes, my last name, Lee, wasn't what it originally was for a lot of reasons, but she will be pressed to carry on the all-too-familiar message, one that I heard growing up as well as a result of that, of never again. It was the parable from the survivors of Nazism and the antipathy it wrought, written by Martin Niemöller, that rings true to this day. The Appalachians and the groups in the prose may change over time, but the message that all of us must pass along today into the next generation and the ones that follow must be written in the same stone as is Niemöller's prose. Never again. His prose, in short, read as such. They came first for the communists, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a communist. Then they came for the Jews, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a Jew. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a trade unionist. Then they came for the Catholics, and I didn't speak up because I was a Protestant. Then they came for me, and by that time, no one was left to speak up. We all must speak up. We all must choose that time in our lives, and what better time than now? The open-ended question we're left with today is who will be the ones to, to speak up, to continue the trend? For so many who have suffered and continue to suffer, until that day the resonance becomes impossible to ignore. Thanks for tuning in yet again. A heady topic indeed, but one that must be addressed, and hopefully the change is now. Thanks a lot, everyone. This is Danny Lee. I'll talk to you next time. Hi, this is Philip from Vision Quest Sound. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, please support our podcast by donating any amount that's in your heart. It will help us sustain future episodes, as well as support the artists and creators that are on this show. I'm Philip from Vision Quest Sound, signing off.